This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay diggy. And this is Chris the second, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Guys, Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph, they know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed? You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bowl Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, and Athletic Greens. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, it is good to be back. Happy. 2023 to you, sir. Happy New Year. Hope you had a great Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone out there. As uh, I was out of the country last week during two Chargers games and was basically just out of pocket. Communication was very limited at best. I had a great vacation with the family. Um, Still got to see Chargers football in all of its glory, as Dan would call it. Two victories in a very short week time span. Your Los Angeles Chargers with a victory over the Los Angeles Rams yesterday, Dan. The Chargers currently sit, would you believe it, and the as the fifth seed going into the playoffs with one week remaining against the Denver Broncos coming up here this weekend. Chargers obviously playoff bound from their victory over the Indianapolis Colts last Monday. There's a lot to talk about here, Dan. I know the excitement is palpable in Chargers. In, in the Chargers fan base right now. Everybody is getting ready for the playoffs. But first and force, uh, foremost, how are you, sir? It feels like it's been forever since I've seen your ugly mug. But uh, happy New Year to you. How's everything been going? Everything has been great. Great to have you back. Uh, Jake, welcome back to Chargers Unleashed. Uh, since you've been gone, we'll go Kelly Clarkson, uh, Chargers are now in the playoffs. Uh, and so you picked a great time to be absent from Chargers Unleashed, not having to eat all the crow. <laughs> Again, what what <laughs> crow? What crow do you is this mythical crow I, that you speak you, of? You know, the, I think the crow is, and maybe this was offline when we talked about it, but for all the times that this season has been over, it's been doom, gloom. It has been all negativity. Not just you. No, I'm not saying just you. Maybe this is a little you, a little bit other people. Um, but man, are people silent now. And a lot of those narratives are shifting faster than, I don't know, Tokyo Drift. Uh, it's a great time to be a Chargers fan. Uh, I was at a stadium yesterday, and it was a Bolt fan block party, it felt like. Uh, Chargers with a comfortable victory, 31-10 to 10 over the Los Angeles Rams. Jake Hefter is not able to talk about draft pick scenarios and who we're going to be going after jake is full tilt going into all things los angeles chargers playoff football jake you said off the top they're the fifth seed the ravens did what we needed the ravens to do thanks to kenny f and pickett and <laughs> last minute heroics gives the steelers two weeks life. in a row two weeks in a row and i don't know the stats jake but like I think it's been three weeks where arg- almost everything that needed to go the Chargers way outside of the Chargers building has transpired. The so, Jets, so- Jets tailspin 
Dolphins tailspin, Ravens tailspin, Patriots kind of a tailspin, although they beat the Dolphins yesterday, and Chargers on a four-game winning streak. Four-game winning streak in December slash January. So essentially what you're saying here is that the Chargers better win the Super Bowl this year because these breaks, do they don't come around for the Chargers that often. Normally, this is the time where everybody says, okay, you know, the Chargers are faltering at the end of the season. They're losing playoff position. Chargers going to charge Their Charger going to charge Yes, exactly. So, essentially, the Chargers have to win the Super Bowl this year, right, with all these good things happening for them. I mean, hey, it's, it's lining up that way. Uh, we got to see Joey Bosa back on the field for the first time. I think he played about 50% of the snaps. Yeah. I think it's 49% of the snaps yesterday. Um, Derwin James should be back next week. Uh, according to Brandon Sandy, the team is going to be on full tilt going up against the week 17 or week 18, excuse me, Denver Broncos. Um, so lots to play for, lots to discuss. Uh, Jake, over or under 10.5 victories for these Los Angeles Chargers to end the season. Look, I- I'm asking the pessimists on the show over you- under 10 and a half wins. Do you happen to remember what I made my original projection for this team win-loss record before the season started? I want to say it was 11 and 6. Was it 11 and 6? It was 11 and 6. Okay, sure. And then week 1 through 10 happened. Right. And then what happened? You know, (laughs) it was almost like a switch got flipped. And then, you know, all these destinations to 11 and 6, like the detour roads just all of a sudden magically opened. And through an ass backwards type of way, here we are on the cusp of an eleven six record. But are you taking the over? Yeah, I'll take the over. Oh, okay, Jake. Talk about our friends over at Bet Online. <laughs> I can't just delicately put that. Well. <laughs> Uh, I want to remind everybody that you'll always find the latest odds team matchup and info and player news and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all wagering sports information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest ways to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your awards bet online where the game starts so jake let's just get into it week 17 Chargers versus the rams Chargers should win this game they're the home team and they were the home crowd by a landslide obviously the brand about doing well helped a little bit um chargers take care of business they win 31 to 10 Justin Herbert got to sit out with like 11 minutes to go in the game. Got to see some Chase Daniel. Uh, we got to see some more sacks. We got to see Justin Herbert throw touchdown passes. Mike Williams and Austin Eckler went off. Kyle Van Noy continues to go hot. Morgan Fox has been a beast arguably all year. He's just been consistent. Uh, Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi had a good offensive game plan for the most part last last night. Yes, yesterday. Um, the defense... Although they did let up some some rushes that were not good to see, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, Dicker the kicker continues to be Dicker. And at this point, like that was the most complete game we've seen from this Chargers team through 17 weeks. And for as much as, you know, we give them flack for it not happening until week 17. 
I guess I'd rather it be happening now than have it happen in week three and then go the opposite direction. So that's kind of the 100-foot view, if you will. Um, What were kind of your keys or key takeaways, excuse me, from yesterday's game and performances across the board, specifically for the Chargers? Well, you know, it's interesting from a standpoint of the defense. You know, you got to see that old familiar stat that has been plaguing the Chargers all season long. Cam Akers goes over what it. What did they to- have total? Dan was I think it was 192 yards that the Rams had on offense. 192 uh, from, from rushing standpoint. Yeah, you never want to see that, Dan. That's the ninth uh, game that the Chargers have surrendered an over a hundred yard uh, rusher. Or I'm sorry, yards. I'm sorry. 192 for the Chargers, 166 for the Rams. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I had it backwards. So 162. Still, that is the ninth game. 166. Good Lord. See, this is me coming back and still being rusty, not even able to hear the comments that Dan is saying to me right now. Anyways, moving forward, that is the ninth time that the Chargers have surrendered a rush rushing game to an opponent um, going over 100 yards. Dan, that's the most in franchise history in a single season. That's never the side of history that you want to be on in that standpoint. So that has to get cleaned up. And from all the opponents that the Chargers have essentially faced over the the better part of the last five weeks, you've always kind of wondered to yourself, why would these opposing teams not go at the weakest point of the Chargers that has been there all season as far as defensively goes? Well, let's just say from a coach familiarity standpoint, yeah, yeah. Sean McVay knew exactly what to do when it came into this game. He started with a run, and I think Cam Akers was up to 90 yards, if I remember correctly, just at halftime. So he was outdone by Austin Eckler, thankfully, but still, you uh, you don't never want to be giving up that many rushing yards to an opponent at that point in the game. So it is something that the Chargers are going to have to work on. I would hope that they would be able to clamp down on that. There's a multitude of different ways you can do it. Multiple different ways that you can do it. Start fast, get off to a big lead, take that part of that game away from them. But uh, yeah, that's definitely going to have to be something that's going to have to be cleaned up here in the next two weeks, especially if the Chargers are going to make a playoff push. Dan, let's flip it back over to Joe Lombardi. Look, there is no secret at all how my, my opinion of Joe Lombardi has been shared on this show. And Dan, that has been more of the aspect of where my negativity has come from. You talk about all this stuff about me wanting to eat crow and this, that, and the other. Look, my biggest issue with this team thus far this season has been inconsistency. And until I was able to see the game plan flow week by week by week, specifically on the offense, that was where I would start to let up my criticism. Now, thankfully for the Chargers, over these last four weeks, they have found out, figured out multiple ways to win, even when Justin Herbert doesn't have his best day. The defense has just been huge for this team. Four weeks in a row. I mean, talk about a monumental turnaround for them. I'll get to them in just a moment. But Dan, as far as a game plan goes for Joe Lombardi, first drive, you have Keenan Allen split out in the backfield and have a little bit of a interesting creative play there. I thought, okay, that's digging deep into the playbook all of a sudden. They came in committed to the run. I know that that's something that they've been wanting to get going over these last several weeks. They haven't been able to do that. But Austin Eckler, have yourself a day. If you had him on your fantasy team, I'm sure you're holding up the trophy somewhere, hopefully, for yourself. Uh, 
Pro Bowl snub be damned. Austin Eckler was just on fire yesterday. The Chargers run game was clicking on all cylinders. They were really able to get that movie. And Dan, you see how that balance ends up helping Justin Herbert in the pass game. You know, we've talked about several times this year where Justin Herbert has had to play Superman or throw the ball 40 plus times just to get a victory on the scoreboard. When you're able to run the ball like this, and this was actually one of the biggest criticisms of the Chargers coming into this week, because the Chargers had not been good these past couple of weeks uh, as far as their rushing offense goes. This was their best performance since the Cleveland game earlier this week in terms of their rushing output. So you need to see some consistency in that. Uh, I still would like to be seeing more bootleg plays. That was probably one of the bigger gripes that I had in the indie game that I would have taken issue with you if I was on this show last week. But thankfully, yesterday against the Rams, you didn't need that. You didn't need that when the rushing offense was playing the way it was and Herbert was efficient, made the throws he needed to make, no turnovers, no sacks, got two touchdowns on the board basically kind of got out of the two-game funk that he had been in been in these last couple of weeks. And then finally, Dan, let's talk about the defense again. <laughs> I mean, what what can you say about this defense over the past four weeks in, in this this win streak? It, it is and, really- and honestly, it, it almost goes back to six weeks. Like, I think there's the Cardinals game and the Raiders game. Even the Raiders game. There's a couple I mean, of chunk plays that gave up to Devontae Adams, but, like, it's Devontae. Otherwise, like... They gave the team a chance, but Dan, the last about, four weeks specifically, for sure. How about this? So this is from Eric Smith, senior writer for the Chargers. This is on Twitter, just posted uh, earlier this morning. Over the last five weeks, this includes the Raiders game, even though the Chargers ended up losing that game. Here is what the Chargers defense has surrendered on third downs. <laughs> Raiders went three for 10 on third down. Dolphins three for 11. Titans three for 11. Colts 0 for 10. And the Rams, 4 for 11. That is 24.5% over 53 passing attempts on third down. I mean, that was an Achilles heel on this Chargers team going all the way back to last year. I don't have the numbers in front of me, Jake, but I would. I am almost certain that if that was uh, expanded across the entire NFL season, that would be the best third down defense in the NFL, <laughs> percentage-wise. What what is insane, Dan, to say is that this defense over this last month or so has been playing with numbers that are that start and end with one. <laughs> that do not have Derwin James. Do not have Joey Bosa. It's been insane, and you know we'll get into kind of the we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The unsung heroes of this team a little bit here. Um, we could talk about that in, in a little bit, but. There was a lot. To t- there was just a, a lot to take away, as you said. It complete game, uh, probably the closest thing to a complete game that we have seen, and we just had to wait 17 weeks in order to see it with this team, unfortunately. But nonetheless, it came and it looked good, and it came at the right time as the Chargers end up uh, or are going to make their playoff push here in a couple weeks. Yeah. So the some of the kind of major takeaways that I had um, from this game, aside from the obvious, like obviously we'll get into it a little bit here, but like Mike Williams catch might be the best catch I've ever seen him make. And that says something. And he made a couple of ridiculous catches. Keenan Allen had a nice one handed catch as well. Austin Eckler, great performance. Justin Herbert, steady offensive line gave up no sacks. Like that was, it was, it was a pretty good day. Matt Filer. Hello. Breaking open that touchdown run along Beautiful with Keenan block. Allen. Yep. Um, but I think that 
we've I've talked about this all season. One of the things that I think has hampered this Chargers offense is it felt like everything was like a grind. They had to go through these like 10, 15 play drives for seven, eight minutes, methodically go down the field for a touchdown, and nothing really came easy. And then you fast forward to last game, right? This last game versus the Rams. Uh, Chargers' first one went seven plays, 24 yards, and a punt. Then the next one for them was seven plays, 75 yards, touchdown, two minutes, 29 seconds. Two and a half minutes, 75 yards, touchdown. Then the next one, six plays, 90 yards, a minute, 55. Then, typical, 13 plays, 53 yards, 355. That ends up as a field goal. So that last one, it's kind of how charged offense has been most of the season. Those previous two, quick 75-plus yard touchdown drives in under three minutes, both of them. You saw big plays all over the field. You saw Mike Williams gashing. You saw Donald Parham get involved. You saw Keenan Allen get a lot of them. Obviously, the Eckler 70-yard run. That was one of the things that was nice to see, was like Eckler didn't get caught. One play, bam, 70 yards. Like the, We just haven't seen that this year. It, uh, I think he had one other one, but he got caught. Those drives don't, and I think when he got caught, it ended up as a field goal earlier in the season. And I know that was kind of not sitting well with Austin Eckler. So first off, you're getting, you're seeing easy drives, easier drives in terms of not having to go eight minutes long to get it. Um, second one, offensive line. I think it was a big story in this one. No sacks. Justin Herbert was clean. Like he really, he didn't play the last 11 minutes of this game. I think he was like 24 for, or what? I forget what he was, but I think he had very, his percentage passing was fantastic. Um, I mean, look, the offense looked great. 21 for 28, 75% completion percentage, two touchdowns, 212 yards. Like, that's the way you want to see it. Austin, and then in terms of receiving, obviously Austin Eckler has some catches, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight catches by eight different players on this Chargers offense. Eight receptions by different players. So, ball's getting thrown on everywhere. Um, that was big. But Jake, I think the biggest thing, you know, uh, the miracle of all miracles <laughs> happened in that third quarter. How about that? Chargers offense scored a touchdown. And there was a moment where they were at like the 20. And I was like, can this be? Can this be? And I look over to the person next to me and I was like, honestly, if they don't get this third down, they're probably going to go for it because like, you know, they know like they there's no way they were going to let that one go. And uh, sure enough, they were going to third down, got a touchdown. Jake, the offense outscored, I guess, offense and defense, 21 nothing in the second half. Been a minute. <laughs> Been a minute since saw a third quarter touchdown, obviously, since week five. And holding them to zero points. Although we saw it last week against the Colts. But... Um, I think that, that those were the two. Those are kind of like the main storylines for me. Offensive line held up. They were able to kind of put their foot on the throat in the second half. Defense kind of held steady. And then you got to see those chunk plays, those quick possessions turn into six points, not field goals. Uh, realistically, Jake, like the Chargers team collectively, they dominated that game. Dominated that game. Like you look at the, some of the team statistics. Total yards, the Rams 
277 to the Chargers, 431. Passing yards, the Chargers, 239, the Rams, 111. Like, sacks allowed. Chargers had three. Sorry, Rams had three. Chargers had none. Third down efficiency, Chargers, 61% conversion. Rams, 36%. 61% for the Chargers, 36%. Time of possession, they won. I mean, they only had two penalties as a team. That was a cleanly operated football game. Came out of there unscathed for the most part. Chargers come out with a victory. 31-10. They got a comfortable win. They were able to dominate the team they should have beat. And that's two weeks in a row. Everyone talked about Chargers playing ugly football. They've won by three by three scores both times. Yeah, it was it was for the most part a very clean game. Again, aside from the the uh rush defense rearing its ugly head and showing some of those familiar statistics that we would like to forget from earlier on this season. It was a very clean, well-operated game all the way around. As Brandon Staley says, four quarters of football that was played. was very happy with it. Obviously, the third quarter TD, everybody was waiting for it. Everybody was waiting for it. I was thinking in my head, I've, I've been actually thinking of this probably over the last like four weeks, just waiting for it to happen. But I always kind of for all my wrestling aficionados out there, if anybody remembers when The Undertaker was defeated by Brock Lesnar and his amazing WrestleMania streak was ended, I still remember the call, the call on commentary from Michael Cole as the one, two, three was coming down. You hear Michael Cole say, and the streak is over. <laughs> so I just kept replaying that in my head as they got closer and closer and closer. And then Justin Herbert fires it into Gerald Everett. Touchdown, third quarter. Get that monkey off your back and let's go to work. So uh, the players and even the coaches had taken note, note to that. You know, nothing had said publicly up until this point. But of course, after the game, they're like, yeah, we don't like that. <laughs> we don't like the fact that we've gone these last 10 weeks, essentially not putting up points, especially when the Chargers seem to win the coin toss every game and they intentionally defer and you get the ball back for, for the first possession of the second half. And you come away with nothing or you settle for a field goal. And so it's nice to have a display of that where the Chargers did what they wanted to do end the first half with a field goal, go up 17 to 10 and come right back in the third quarter, first possession and put one in the end zone. Middle that, eight, middle eight minutes of the game yes. came away with 10 points on two possessions. That is winning football. That is winning football. So still, Dan, I think just from an overview standpoint, from where the Chargers, what the Chargers have done over these last four weeks. <laughs> it, it's just, it's a great setup for a playoff push. Now, I get it. People will say, well, look at the opponents that they've played and this, that, and the other. Well, look, historically, the Chargers were in a similar position to this last year with three weeks to go. And they were also playing very bad opponents. And they shot themselves in the foot. You look at the losses to Houston. You look at the loss at the end of the end of the year to the Raiders. They're not playing with that type of mindset anymore. They're not making these type of mistakes, Dan. And more importantly, they're finding different ways to win. You know, you'll find it all over the place. The best of the best will have bad days, but them collectively as a team will still find ways to win. The good teams find a way to win. Tom Brady has had plenty of bad days this this week, and yet he's still going to the playoffs as the number four seed in the NFC. Patrick Mahomes has had bad moments during this game, 
and still he has found a, him and his team have found a way to win. Josh Allen has had spurts in the middle of this season where he's had bad games and they have still found ways to win. You can real quick, Jake, you can talk about like, oh, it's against bad teams. Like bad teams win all the time. Or bad teams keep it close all the time. Look at this week. The Packers, now I'm not saying they're a bad team. They just blew the brakes off of the Vikings, 41-17. The Raiders, the Raiders took to overtime to get beat by the Niners. Jay Stidham. How about that? That (laughs) happened. Like, you you look at the Chiefs barely walked out of there with a victory in Arrowhead against the Broncos. Barely, 27-24. Like, these things happen. These things happen. So... Sure. Like, would you like to beat a good team by 30 every week? Yes. But like, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. A win's a win's a win. And you can only play who's up against you. That's all you have. And if you can win ugly, quote unquote, that's how playoff football goes. And these last four weeks have looked like playoff football for these Chargers. To see the resolve, to see them come out victorious, four-game winning streak, five of the last six, like... I don't know what this fan base could want more from them. Like, could they make it prettier? Sure. It will, and we'll get it. And we'll get into that. But like end results. Cause that's what everybody was talking about at the beginning of the season, Jake. I don't care. What's the end result. Do they make the first playoffs? goal is to make the playoffs. Yes. It doesn't matter how you do it. I don't care about all of the excuses. I don't care about the scenarios. Doesn't matter. Did they make the playoffs? Did they win? That's all they care about. And at this point, they have 10 wins already. With a game to spare. Like, that that's crazy to think about. So, it, it's its interesting, you know, and I think I kind of stole the show from you for a second because I was wanting to say bad teams can make games hard to win. Um, the Chargers beat two teams week after week just now. Not good teams, and they dominated them. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what this fan base has been hoping, praying for to see at some point this year, ourselves included. And lo and behold... Week 16, week 17, rounding out the season. Here we are. So, uh, dominating performance by the Chargers on all three phases. Special teams, offense, defense. Um, another thing that's been dominating my life in a good way, mm. Jake, Athletic Greens. Uh, you and I were just talking offline. Uh, sometimes Athletic Greens helps you out in the morning when you should be taking it. Three ice cubes, shake it up with some water. <laughs> or, if you're Jake Heffer sometimes, you eat something you may not feel good about. And then you use Athletic Greens to kind of like turn that tide to make you feel better about yourself. And so you'll have some unhealthy food, <clears throat> junk food, and then you'll go, you know what? I feel bad about myself. I want to feel better. I'm going to have Athletic Greens. I need all the vitamins, all the minerals. I want to feel good. All the greens that my body needs. I need more energy. I'll go to my AG1 stash from Athletic Greens and feel better. Jake, tell us about your story today. <laughs> my story has been fantastic. Um <laughs> This is actually the last two days. So obviously, if you've been watching this show for about the past month, you know that Dan and I have actually been taking Athletic Greens now for about the past two months. Um, and in terms of someone like me pushing 40, you want to try to find ways to better your health in any way, shape, or form. You know, I I go to the gym regularly, but my diet absolutely sucks. It's never been a catalyst that I hang my... Uh, or it's never been a post that I hang my head on essentially. So what do I do? I find athletic greens. And in terms of gut health, vitamins, minerals, all the essential ingredients that you need to stay healthy, it has it. As you can see, I'm drinking it currently right now for, for, well, not that I shouldn't be taking it every day because I do, but 
specifically right now, why am I drinking this? Well, you know, my wife and I, we come home from a nice long vacation. And particularly last night that carries into today, she had a sudden craving for In-N-Out. And of course, I reluctantly said, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, come on. Sidebar, what's, what, what's your In-N-Out order? What time do I leave? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Real quick, Jake, sidebar. What what is your in and out order? You know, normally ten years ago, I I probably would have pushed two four by fours. But now, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> ride the line properly. So I just had one double double. That was it. The the problem was is that again, we did it consecutive days. So I had a double double yesterday and I had oh. a double double this afternoon before we jumped on the show here. So the tagline really for Athletic Greens, the secret tagline, the fine print should be the way to make yourself feel better when you eat something crappy. <laughs> so, but Athletic Greens right now is no joke, all joking aside. Um, and to make it easy, Athletic Greens right now is going to give you one free year of supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash chargers unleash. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash chargers unleash to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutritional insurance. Trust me when I say it from both Dan and I, uh, it has definitely made us feel better. So as we turn the page... From this past game, because honestly, like the statistics and everything from that game, like aren't really as important as kind of like the high level um, takeaways are, in my opinion. And one of the questions that I was kind of dying to ask you while you've been out and the Chargers have now hit this four game winning streak. Do you remember going into week one, like how intense the hype was for this team and how all in? everyone is talking about Super Bowl contenders. This team needs to make a deep playoff run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward, you know, we talk about all the injuries, all the adversity, all the ugliness that this team has overcome. And now with one week remaining in regular season, the chargers got back Joey Bosa. They might be getting Rashawn Slater back for the playoffs. Durbin James is back. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, Khalil Mack, all these guys. Mike Davis balling out. Asante Samuel Jr. balling out. Like, where is your level of bullishness on this team now versus where it was at the beginning of the season, like before week one? Are we there yet? We're just talking the team as a whole or specific units, offense, defense? Team as a whole. Confidence in the team. I'd say there's probably just a little bit more to see from from an offense. And it's not from the player standpoint. You know what standpoint it's from when I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that resides with Joe Lombardi. Because offensively, you have all your weapons now. There is no more excuses. There is no Keenan Allen's been out for an extended period of time. Mike Williams has been out for an extended period of time. Donald Parham's been out for a period of time. Your offensive line, save for Rashawn Slater right right now, is healthy. Which is, a, which is a big deal. I know Rashawn Slater does not get, like, you can't replace Rashawn Slater. So no. there's something to that. But no. and again, Jamari Sawyer has been serviceable to the the best of abilities has had good moments has had bad moments but it has been a serviceable replacement on the left side and as dan said hats off to him so yes um, i still have my 
my lack of faith in the offense because again, Dan, I, I said it after the Miami game that, and that was coming off of the Raiders game in which I actually said that I felt like that was the, one of the worst game plans that I had thought that was put together by Staley and Lombardi from an offensive standpoint. And then you come back around to Miami and here's everybody talking about how the Chargers are going to lose. Derwin James was out. Sebastian Joseph Day was out. Bryce Callahan was out to this game. You just thought, okay, it's finally going to happen. Let's just put the kibosh on the Chargers season. And then this offensive game plan, coupled obviously with with what the defense did, but the offensive game plan I thought was fantastic. Quick, short step drops for Justin Herbert. Get the ball out fast. You knew the pass rush was going to be coming. He still ended up getting sacked. I think it was four times in that game, but still. Your offensive game plan that you had to be efficient was spectacular in that game. And then it came around to the Titans. And then you saw kind of the similar fumbles that we have seen and inconsistencies that we have seen from Joe Lombardi. Again, they kind of carried over into the Indianapolis game a little bit as well that I saw in that. I just don't understand how you're not using Justin Herbert in more play-action bootleg passes. I understand you can't do it all the time, but in certain spurts, only having him do it four times a game, I just find that hard to believe. So my lack of confidence is solely residing with Joe Lombardi. I just need to see more consistency. Can you show that? If you're serious about making the playoffs, can you show that consistency like that? You had a great game plan that you had with the Rams. Now let's go out and carry some of that momentum into this final week in Denver. So that's the offensive standpoint. But Dan, defense, you just went, you just went through all those, the hype that was there. We were there in training camp. JC Jackson was there. Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Bryce Callahan, Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. We watched this defense and we were hyped up for it. How That of course, early on in the season, pieces just begin to fall. And this defense right out of the gate starts struggling against the run game. Dan, did you happen to read the article from Daniel Popper in relation to the team meeting that Kyle Van Oy had with this team. I believe it was the week of the Raiders game, actually. But you talk about a guy that we don't give enough praise to and an unsung hitter hero, but a huge asset to this team. I don't know the specific words that were said, but basically Kyle Van Oy just said, enough of this shit. (laughs) And everybody has bought into it and stayed with it. And you're not only seeing elevated play from Kyle Van Noy, who's had four sacks in four consecutive games. You've seen elevated play from Jasir Taylor, from Alohi Gilman, from Kenneth Murray. To couple that, given what this defense has already lost, I didn't even rattle off names like Chris Rumpf. Or obviously, I'm talking about Kyle Van Noy here. But the, the players that you... Th- Morgan Fox, Chris Hinton, Khalil Mack, all these guys. The players that you normally would not start off talking about with this Chargers defense have come to play. Michael Davis. And when, oh my gosh. (laughs) When you get these guys playing on that type of a level that don't involve the names of Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Drew Tranquil, even though they're having fantastic games in their own right, But when you're not talking about them and you're talking about some of these other guys that are all of a sudden playing consistently, damn, that's the bigger takeaway. That's been the 
biggest thing that has impressed me. And again, we're talking about a defensive unit that through the majority of the season was always can't stop the run, makes mistakes on defense. You're yielding these high point totals to teams that shouldn't be scoring that high. And the way that it just, I don't want to, I don't want to say that a switch just can't be flipped in the NFL, but it really just feels like it has. And for all the best reasons in the world, and it has set the chargers up for this playoff push. So I, I really think, even though I know that we have all the stars on the offense and Justin Herbert and, and the amazing season that he is still having, all things considered, the defense stand is really what has come to play over these last couple of weeks and has essentially saved this Chargers season. 100%. And I, I think that meeting you're talking about, I think Drew Tranquil talked about it a little bit, how it's basically kind of like a player accountability meeting where it's like, this is on us. And Jake, you and I talked about it. I had said for months now that on the defensive side specifically, it doesn't look like a scheme issue. It looks like an execution issue from the individual players. Like they'll be in position and then they will make the wrong play or they just won't make the play. These last four weeks, for the most part, we saw them in the right position. Now, last this last game, Nizir Adderley had some negative plays that I saw some bad angles. Kenneth Murray kind of took a step back in my opinion, but for the most part, they're doing good. Like these guys are outperforming what I think folks thought they were going to be doing. But if we just peel that back though, Jake, like I think this is such a flowers deserving moment for Brandon Staley, not just as a defensive coach, seeing like the scheme kind of run its course seeing folks kind of able to buy in, kind of have everything kind of cerebrally ready to go. You're seeing kind of the leaders take ownership of this a bit, whether it's Sebastian Joseph Day or whatever. Um, You're seeing all kinds of folks who were having maybe not as great of a season to start, like a Kyle Vinoy, who we've heard rumblings that maybe he was injured a bit, or defensive line that was messed up with a, decimated injury list, which was a mile long. Um, You're seeing guys kind of all come together, stay connected on all three phases, whether it's the safety unit, the linebacker unit, and also the line unit. I think that's what Brandon Staley deserves credit for. Like he kept this thing together while also improving the defense. Like the amount of criticism that was being thrown at this Chargers team, specifically Brandon Staley. And at one point, it was Brandon Staley, Ronaldo Hill, Joe Lombardi. All three of them were on the hot seat by this entire organization's fan base. For Brandon Staley to be able to do what he did and silence all of those critics, I haven't heard Sean Payton's name in two weeks. That was like the biggest trending name on Chargers Twitter just a short couple weeks ago. So... Hats off to Brandon Staley. And for folks saying he's in and over his head, for folks saying he doesn't know how to coach, for folks saying that he duped the charge organization, they should have hired someone else. Like, Brandon Staley is the catalyst for all of this. It starts and stops with him. Kyle Van Noah just yesterday talked about this culture that they're building, started yes last year, building on it this year. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a culture that Brandon Staley has brought to this team and Justin Herbert. Obviously, there are many factors, but 
the culture is fed off by and started with Brandon Staley. So I don't think he gets enough credit. Everyone's giving him credit now, but I don't even think that's enough. Like how much headwind he's taken on this year and for him to still have your yearly prediction in sight when he's lost that many guys all year. I don't know if there's a better, I don't know how else you can say it. Like, I said it with, they were like, oh, if they can go, I forget what it was, but if they can end up eight and five, maybe he should be coach of the year. I don't know how many coaches can do what he did this year. I really don't. It it is really a testament. Um, All things considered, what has happened to this team from a personnel standpoint, from the way that the Chargers were losing, from things that you need to scheme to try to fix and it's not working and you just keep falling in this tailspin from the injury to your quarterback, from losing key positional players, both on offense and defense. It's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to overcome. And I think it's, it's not just from the standpoint that the chargers currently sit in a playoff position, but it's how they have done it. Dan, you and I have said several times on this show that the, basically the chargers are going to go how Justin Herbert goes. And while that, is 95% the truth. When Justin Herbert has his bad days, the Chargers have still found ways to win during this win streak. This year has been so much more impressive to me than last year. Even though last year we saw some of those big flash splash moments, the way that this team has been able to kind of come together and win these games, I would take that over last year 10 out of 10 times. I think it's just because you're seeing uh, the teams win in different fashions. And it's when the, when these victories are coming at the right point in time. Where normally, you know, we've said it. Justin Herbert's going to have to play Superman if the Chargers want to make a playoff push. For two weeks in a row, Justin Herbert was not Superman. Clark Kent. But the the Chargers' defense came to play in that Tennessee and Indianapolis game and kept them alive. Obviously, Justin Herbert made a Superman like pass in that Tennessee Titans game for, for the bulk of it did not have his best day. No touchdowns over a two week span, multiple interceptions over that two week span finally righted the ship in this in this Rams game was much more efficient, much more clean. This is the time that you need to get that right. But the fact that your guy who's leading the ship can have an off day as bad as those two weeks felt and, and an off day for his, sta- for his standards. Yes. We're not saying, we're not saying like off day, like, uh, Malik Willis off day. <laughs> We're still talking about a top five quarterback having Ouch. a bad day. Yes, I yes, that is that's what I'm talking about. But normally, when Chargers quarterback is not playing well, the Chargers will lose, and they have found ways to win in spite of the spotty bad play that Justin Herbert has had occasionally during this season. So, yeah, as a team, Dan, they're playing together at the right time, and they're playing it well. They winners of four in a row now. Just this time last year, Chargers were in a great spot and they ended up losing three of the last four to wrap up the season, missed the playoffs, thanks to that week 18 tearjerker. Um, I, I, I'm grateful that we do have Brandon Staley as a coach of this team. As fans, I don't, I think people take for granted and forget how quickly, quickly forget what it was like before Brandon Staley. Like the things we were complaining about as a fan base was like, I mean, it was 
like next level elementary bad coaching stuff. I mean, careful there because I already know that there's plenty of people that still would like to see Shane Steichen as the offensive coordinator. I'm I'm talking head coach. I'm talking, I'm talking head coach specifically, (laughs) head coach specifically. Like, do you remember that season before Staley was hired? The conversations we had on this show that we can't believe we're watching field goal units can't make it out there before halftime starts. Like they can't call timeouts. They can't get a punt off like two minute. Like it, it was so bad. It was so bad. No aggression. Like that's why I talk about like the culture. Like it is so 180 right now to where that stuff, such a distant memory, but that's also kind of a recency bias. But all of a sudden now you're like, Oh, well, Staley isn't that great. You're like, uh, do you not remember what we came from? So, and look, Ronaldo Hill as well. I don't, I don't know specifically what Ronaldo Hill's role is on this team, but at least for the last, I don't know, four, five, six weeks, he hasn't done anything to mess it up. I guess yeah, he's done a pretty good job, whatever he's doing. Yes. So Derek Ainsley, Ainsley, excuse me. Defensive backs, like, dude, this the defensive backs in this group are playing out of their mind. So it sounds to me like the hype train for you isn't quite as long as it was starting the season, but it's not far off. Is that correct? It's it's not far off, Dan, because this this probably I, I think it's it's the it's the timing in which this has been done, which historically the Chargers don't do these, these type of things to end the season. You'd have to, I think, go all the way back to, I mean, yeah, you could say 2018 when the Chargers, you know, was the last time that they were in the playoffs. But even still, traditionally, when they've been right there on the cusp and there's three to four games left, this is normally the time where the snake bitten things that normally happen to the Chargers happen. And it's also the way in how these wins have been coming more complete as a team, more balanced from an offense and defense standpoint. And when your quarterback does not play up to snuff, your defense has still figured out a way to save you and bail you out and come away with a victory. So yeah, it may not quite as be as high as it was because you still don't have certain guys, unfortunately, that have gone on IR this year that you know you don't have. And there's still some things that need to be cleaned up as you head into the playoffs. But I'll tell you what, man. (laughs) I think more of the impressive thing to me is that you can talk on defense about guys that are not the big name guys that you would normally expect to be coming to play and showing off and as impressively as they have ha- have been over this past month and i named those names already but if you can if you can continue that momentum and can c- continue to develop a consistent scoring lethal offense with flow and creativity you got something if you if this chargers team can play with a lead you got something and you know, it's interesting. I went back and real quick, I just looked at the quick like year statistics for this Chargers defense. And, you know, people were ripping this Chargers defense. We were harping on this Chargers defense and how poorly they were playing at times. This is, these are now season rankings, Jake. 
Chargers are 19th in yards allowed. Like, that, that's not terrible. 19th. 12th in takeaways. Pretty good. 6th in passing yards allowed. Pretty good. 27th in rushing yards allowed. Not good, but it's not the worst. No secret. Okay, we've <laughs> known that. That should be a yep. surprise to nobody. Second least penalized team on defense. That's pretty clean. Second least penalized team on defense. You remember how many years that was an issue? <laughs> Fourth best in yards after catch allowed. Fourth best. So for as bad, for as bad as folks were talking about this Chargers defense, if you snap it across the line with perspective, it's not that bad. It really isn't. And sure, should the benchmark should like the benchmark be not that bad? No, obviously. But like it's coming into form. And the fact that four weeks of good statistics in a game can take it from that bad to this, they're onto something. If they can get another, if they can become this efficient offense that we've all been clamoring for, hello, Donald Parham in the red zone. Where have you been? Like that looked great. Pushing downfield, actually having some time. Charges are going to be a problem. Charges are going to be a problem. If they can get a five seed and they can go play Jacksonville, in theory, it's probably going to happen. Then what happens if like all of a sudden some miraculous thing happens? There's an upset in the other games and the Chargers can have a home playoff game. Like crazier things have happened this season. <laughs> Look at the last three weeks. So I'm not saying oh. it's going to happen, but I'm just saying like you said it. Stars are aligning. They have been aligning. This doesn't happen to Chargers teams of late. Can they capitalize? Can they capitalize? And even next week, they could still lose to the Broncos and still get the five seed. So Wait, that, that, we do we do know this. They can't fall any lower than six in any of these type of scenarios with a loss. Did you but think about it, Jake? Like last thing, did you think at the beginning of the season that I, I don't think the Chargers I don't think folks were really thinking the Chargers would win the AFC West? Like I think I mean, maybe, but it was like they probably might not. They might have been the AFC West, but it was like it might not be the AFC West, but they're damn sure going to make the playoffs. That was kind of like the their shoe and wild card. I don't necessarily think people thought they would have a a playoff berth clinched in Week 16. No, I, and I'll agree with you on that. I think it could have been for a multitude of different reasons on why that is. Obviously, beginning of the season, everybody thought that the AFC West was going to be this powerhouse of a of a division with what everybody expected Russell Wilson to be, with the Raiders grabbing Devontae Adams, a new head coach. You know, everybody was supposed to be better, and the Chargers included in that. And yeah, maybe the the, the damper really hit when you were swept by the Chiefs this season and you ended up splitting between the Raiders one and one and the, and especially the second game in the fashion in which they did that. But I think it's just from a standpoint, look, teams in NFL history have gotten to the playoffs with a worse record than the Chargers currently stand right now. They have won Super Bowls with a worse record than the Chargers currently have right now. I think the Rams won the Super Bowl last year as the five seed. The Baltimore Ravens won their last Super Bowl in 2012, well, technically 2012, 2013. They went into the playoffs 
losing four of their last five, and they ended up with a 10 and six record. Mind you, this was the uh, Ray Lewis retirement, you know, series that basically went on. And sometimes it just takes a catalyst and one type of play to just kind of flip everything around. And for the Chargers, whatever that accountability meeting was, seems like that was the true source of it. And sometimes it's not on the coaches to be the rah-rah guy. It's not on the quarterback to be the rah-rah type of guy. When you can have the individuals in that locker room come together and understand what's at stake, and then to see them go out there and put meaning behind everything that they say in that locker room, it's something to be really accounted for. And the Chargers now have one week to go before the playoffs start. And... As of now, we still don't know who they're going to play. They still need to go out there and handle their own business first. But it's going to be damn competitive, whoever it is that they end up going against. And just think of this for just two seconds. Yes, those six six losses that are on the Chargers, they hurt. They hurt. I'm sure you can remember how you felt when those losses happened. Kansas City twice, the Raiders once, Jacksonville. I know I'm forgetting one. Um, But think about their wins, Dan. Even going through all this tumultuous adversity that they've had to go through. Think about the remember the ways that they have won. 10 points down. Double-digit deficits that they've had to come back and win. Listen to you. Justin Her I'm just I'm I'm just saying this specifically now because this is not the type of things that you would be seeing traditionally. <laughs> Jake's having like an error. I'm going through his brain right now, sounding like me. Oh, dude, the alarms are going off everywhere. It's like, what are you saying? What are you saying? Does not compute. I, I, I'm just saying simply the adversity that this team has gone through to get to this point is something to really take into account. And for a playoff push that you know, if you can make it past that first game of who you're possibly going to see down the stretch, if you can get that far and you're healthy, that's all that needs to be said. We're right there. Right there. One week to go. And then Jake, Charge Unleashed playoff edition starts. Has a nice ring to it. It's been a minute. Well, damn. It's been the first time since we've been doing this show that we're ever going to have a playoff edition. So it, it feels nice to say that. Well, let's ride this thing to the sunset. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends? I know you've been out for a bit. So you had, there's a lot you want to get off your chest. Did you accomplish that? Like I said, <laughs> you, you were lucky that I was gone <laughs> after that Indianapolis game. Because you were I, lucky that you were gone. I was going to go had, in. I, I was going good. in. Because so was I. Because I had a lot of gripes that I had to get off my chest as it relates to that game. Even though the Chargers end up winning in great fashion. Still had a lot to get off my 17 chest. 17 points wasn't good enough for you. But like I said, <laughs> th- there has been that feces-covered burger that has been sprinkled with wins this past month that has made those burgers taste delicious. Winning is the cure for all ills, my friend. And right now, the Chargers are not sick. <laughs> no, and neither are you because you're sipping on your last sips of Athletic Greens, uh, AG1 specifically. Uh, for Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake T. Hefner, myself at Dan W. Sports. Uh, Chargers 10-6, and six, currently the five seed with one game remaining in Denver to clinch the five seed going into the playoffs for this Chargers team. 
Uh, thank you guys and gals so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time as we get into the week 18 matchup and see if the Chargers can put a nail in the coffin of this season as a five seed. Until next time, we'll talk to you next on Chargers Unleashed.